0: We're going to start in verse 5 today. Last week we talked about the preposition stand on. We talked about standing on prayer. Daniel stood on prayer three times a day, went to the lion's den standing on prayer, came out of the lion's den by the power of God in prayer. If you, if you don't pray, you're missing an opportunity to see the power and blessing of God in your life. Um, Daniel could have not prayed, but we wouldn't be talking about him thousands of years later. And my name would not be near as cool as it is. But uh, today we're going to talk a little bit more about the prayer life of Daniel. And I really believe God has something powerful to teach you today uh, from this text, if you will engage it, um, if you'll open your heart to it. Um, I want to say going into it, though, this is not a very well-known text. It's, It's kind of a weird text, but I really believe with all my heart that for some of you, this will be a great message of hope. I believe that God's going to speak directly to some of you in here today that have been praying for a very long time, that have been believing for something specific for a very long time, uh, and you've been praying and believing and you still haven't seen the results. If that's you, um, I really believe that this message will speak to you. I know so many people that are praying and believing for things, Um, some people that are praying for their children or loved ones to come to faith in Jesus. Um, that have been praying for a very long time. Some who some are praying for a breakthrough, like to overcome depression or maybe some addiction or financial breakthrough, maybe a relational breakthrough. Some of you are praying for your marriage that's just struggling or someone else's marriage uh, or situation that's just challenging and difficult, um, and you're praying for a miracle there. Some of you really may be praying for a real physical miracle. Uh, you've dealt with illness or a sickness or something for a very long time, I know if we went around the room, all of us would have something that we've been praying for and that we've been believing God for for a long time. And that is one of the biggest challenges to prayer, um, is this uh, you know, idea that, well, is God ever going to answer? And I really want you to plug into this text today. But beforehand, um, this text is very different. Um, so I want to warn you, chapter 10 of Daniel, um, I'm actually breaking an unspoken preacher's rule. And I'm joking about this, but I'm kind of not. Anytime you talk to a pastor and you say, hey, well, what are you preaching on? Well, I'm preaching on the book of Daniel. They will always say, but you're stopping at chapter 6, aren't you? And there's a reason, because there is an unwritten preacher's rule. It's number 17. Um, (laughs) Thou shalt not preach beyond chapter 6 in the book of Daniel. If you haven't read the book of Daniel, you don't know why. Go home today and read 1 through 6, and uh, you'll find some really cool stories there, like Daniel, Lines Lion's Den, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, then you'll find uh, all, all sorts, you know, the writing on the wall that's really cool. Um, you'll find some really neat stories in the book of Daniel. And then you get to chapter 7. And the stories kind of stop, and there's these visions and dreams and all this weird stuff. In fact, if you'll look in your Bibles, just with me real quick, everybody turn to chapter 6. So you see, like, Daniel serving Darius in chapter 6. You see, like, it's a narrative, Daniel and the lion's den. And then somebody tell me what the heading in chapter 7 says the vision of the four beasts or Daniel's dreams. So at that point you say, this is about to get weird. It just does. And so um, I want us to do something real quick. It's hard because I know there's like this invisible barrier in your Bible. Sometimes it's hard to turn the page, but go ahead and turn it past six to, to chapter 10 and you'll kind of feel the resistance there. Go home and read it later. And you'll find out. Um, We're going to go into the weird zone, and I don't mean to make fun of it. It's God's Word, and it's powerful. It is just very difficult to figure out uh, some of these visions and dreams, what things stand for. And you hear one preacher that says, Oh, I know what this stands for. And then you hear the next one that says, I know, and their sermons are different. And so it's clear that both of them don't know. And so at the end of prophecy and revelation and visions and dreams, sometimes we just have to say, We don't know, and we're going to have to wait to find out. And so we're in that weird section. Um, So chapter 10, verse 5, we're beyond the weird zone, the wall now. Uh, I'm going to give you the context of where we are. This is a real narrative story, so it kind of, it preaches a little bit easier than some of the visions do. But if you are with us last week, you'll remember Daniel was in his 80s or so when he was thrown in the lion's den. Now we are after that point in his life. He's out of the lion's den, so he's older than this week than he was last week. So if he was 80, 85 last week, now he's approaching 90 years old, and I'm I'm not going to apologize for this. I'm sorry if you're a senior and you're approaching 90 years old, and I offend you by saying this, you're old. (laughs) I mean, somebody's got to tell you the truth. We love you, but I'm just saying... um, You know, it's just the truth. Sometimes we just get all picky about people's ages, and I'm not young anymore, but I'm not old. (laughs) But if you're approaching 90, you're what? Old. Old. So just admit it to yourself. Get over it. You know, if you need to walk out and cool off because I made you mad, you can come back in later. Um, You know, um, it's just the truth. So Daniel at this age of his life is what? Old. Old. I mean, 90 years old, um, he isn't young anymore, Daniel's up there in age, so I want you to see that he's been in Babylon since he's a teenager. Right? He's been in a pagan land Babylon since he's a teenager, and three times a day since Daniel's been in Babylon as a teenager, what's he been doing? Praying. That's powerful, church. That's that's powerful. In a wicked land, uh, in a worldly system of Babylon, for decades upon decades, he's been standing firm in faith, believing that God would do something. And so, Chapter nine, it tells us, and I'm gonna. I just want to highlight a few verses. If you look back in your Bibles, uh, it should be on the same page. Basically, in chapter nine, verse seventeen, look what he says. So now, our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his supplications, and for your sake, O Lord, let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. O oh my God, incline your ear and hear; open your eyes and see our desolation, and see the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our supplications on our account, on merits of our own, but on account of your love, on your compassion. So hear us, God. And so I want you to see Daniel's been praying chapter 9. That's the context of his prayer. We've been in Babylon since I've been a teenager, God. But this is not our home, and our temple is desolated, and your glory has gone out. And so, God, we want you to return us home. That's been his prayer. Take us home, God, and, and and let the temple happen again. And, and man, let your people be your people um, in their home place. We want out of Babylon. So Daniel's been praying these things for 90 years. In chapter 10, I'm giving you context. What's going to happen is Daniel's going to have a vision. After praying for you know, 90 years, Daniel's going to be, be given a vision. And I'm going to kind of fast forward a little bit. The vision that he gets is not like hey, Daniel, it's about to happen. You're about to go home. The vision he gets is, hey, Daniel, you think it's bad now? It's about to get a whole lot worse. It's about to get really bad. And Daniel's like, I don't know if it can get any bad, any worse than this. And here he is, 90 years old. And so what Daniel does, when God tells him things aren't going to get better, they're going to get worse, then he's just broken. So he does what he always does. He, he seeks God in prayer. You're going to see that in ch- uh, verse 3. Verse um, it says, in those days, I, Daniel, have been mourning for three entire weeks. So how many days is that? 21 days. He sees this vision, and the message was revealed to him. And so he begins to mourn for three weeks. Verse 3, I did not eat any tasty food, nor did meat or wine enter my mouth nor did I use any ointment at all until the entire three weeks were completed. So what we find out there is Daniel didn't just pray, didn't just mourn, but he also did something we call fasting. Now I don't know if he left out all food, it just says good food. Um, he stopped eating any good food, meat or wine, and he also stopped using ointment, which basically means Daniel didn't eat good food and he didn't take a bath. No smell good deodorant. Um, so he fasted from some important things in life. And Now I know he suffered through that, but evidently other people did too, right? Um, I just want to go ahead and make a note on that. If you choose to fast a bath, do it at home. We have a website you can download the sermon on, right? That's okay with us. Um, I don't know. uh, Spare us in love. So Daniel fasts for 21 days, and we're going to come back to that for three weeks. But we're concerned with what happens after this fast. Daniel has another vision. And so we're going to start in verse 5 today. I'm going to walk you through this text. I really think God's going to speak to you through it. Uh, God did to me. Verse 5 um, let's just start. We're going to read the first three verses in chapter 10. Um, I will make you stand this morning, but uh, let's honor God's Word and, and, and let's get in it uh, in, our, in our minds, and our hearts. Open your Bibles. I told the guys in Ecuador my favorite sound to ever hear in a church is the rustling of pages of a Bible. I just love it. I love it when you're in the words. That doesn't work with Daryl and Becky. They're on their iPads up here in front, but if y'all would just make sounds, yeah, that would make me happy. So, verse 5, chapter 10. I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, there was a certain man dressed in linen, whose waist was girded with a belt of pure gold of Uphaz. His body was like beryl, his face had the appearance of lightning, his eyes were like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound, and literally some of your Bibles will say tumult, Uh, it's like a roaring army of people. Verse 7, now I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, while the men who were with me didn't see the vision. Nevertheless, a great dread fell on them, and they ran to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, yet no strength was left in me, for my natural color turned to a deathly power, and I retained no strength." But I heard the sound of his words, and as soon as I heard the sounds of his words, I fell into a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. We're going to continue this in just a second, but I want you to see kind of what's happening in our story. It's really interesting to me. Daniel, he's with some guys, and God gives him this vision, but he's the only one that sees the vision. The other guys there didn't see the vision. You know, I know this may be stretching a little bit, but um, I don't know exactly why God does that sometimes, but sometimes you'll be in church, and God will be speaking directly to you something, and you'll be super excited about it, and the person beside you, God may not speak that same thing to. That's okay. I mean, you're like into the sermon, and you know, you're like, man, your elbow, your person, and you're like, this is really good. And they're like, yeah, it's okay, it's a little weak and cold. And you realize they're talking about the coffee, not the sermon right that's okay i mean i just want you to see sometimes you come out of there and you're like man uh that that was just god's work that was just really good and they're like where are we going to eat lunch and you just don't understand that i just want you to see sometimes god god speaks different portions of scripture to different people and that's kind of what happens here daniel sees this vision daniel's super excited about it he's like man uh and god shows it to him but these other guys they just they're just afraid they just kind of move away that's okay um uh, This is what happened to Daniel. Not everyone experienced. And I believe with all my heart, there's some of you today, you're going to have a moment where you're like, man, this message was for me today. I know every week I'll have somebody say that, uh, or most weeks. And and I always, you know, I enjoy to hear how God speaks to you. Sometimes people will say, you know what God said to me today through your sermon? And they'll tell me, and I'm like, I didn't even say that. I'm not even sure that's in the Bible. You know. but I do enjoy how the Holy Spirit applies God's Word to your life. Um, but sometimes you just know, this message is for me. I remember years ago at Falls Creek, we had a young lady open up with some doubts in her life, and she was talking to us about some problems and uh, deep questions. And I prayed with her one evening, Kat and I did, and I said, Lord, um, just please show, show yourself uh, to this young lady. God, speak to her directly. And I prayed in that prayer that tonight, when we go to chapel, may the speaker just... May he speak directly to this young lady. And uh, I remember her name. I remember her sitting there. And, and, uh, and answer the questions that she has. And we go to fall, We go to chapel. We're sitting at service. And we're all in one row. And this young lady's like, you know, eight kids down from me. My wife and I are sitting together. And the speaker comes out after worship. And he says, I don't know why I'm supposed to say this, but I'm going to. He says, somebody here tonight um, has questions. And God has an answer for you. And the young lady, I was on one end, she was on the other, and we went. And her eyes were like that big. Um, Craig was there, you remember, and, and uh, man, Catherine was right That We were just like, oh, what just happened? And uh, he said, I don't know. Uh, you brought some questions in tonight. You've already talked about them. And he said, uh, God's about to answer every one of them. And we were just amazed. And you know what? That, that girl did not take her attention off of that speaker last time. And I don't know who that is in here today, but I really believe that as we open God's word and we look at this text, you're going to see, man, God has really spoke this to me today. Um. That's what happens. Not everybody sees it, but Daniel sees it. Verse 8, the middle of the verse, he says this, My strength left me. My face grew deathly pale is a good interpretation. He just went white. I felt very weak. Now watch what happens. Then I heard um, the man speak. And when I heard the sound of his voice... He said, I fainted, and he just laid there with his face to the ground. That's really powerful. Uh, I heard the sound of his voice. I couldn't even stand anymore, and I fell face down. You may not know it. This isn't a point to my message, but the strongest men and women cannot bear the weight and glory of God. When he pours it out in your life, I mean, there's just you just can't take it. The strongest of people, if you've ever had that moment that you've just been deep in the presence of God, uh, man, you just lose your strength. You don't want to stand Um, this is what happens to Daniel. He's been praying for 90 years. God shows up, and God's presence is so strong. Um, He just grows pale. He grows weak, and this 90-year-old man is face down on the ground because of the glory of God um, as he's been praying in prayer. I'm going to show you three things this morning um, to remember when you're praying. Three things from this text we're going to walk through. The first thing is very, very simple. Daniel's laying there on the ground, he's prostrate before God, that God's glory is just so heavy, he's weak, he's pale, he has no strength left uh, because God's glory has just, man, has just covered him. Uh, I want you to see what happens next. First point is, I want you to write it down if you take notes, God cares about you more than you do. If you've been praying for something for a long time, sometimes this idea is, well, God would answer my prayer if he really cared. Or maybe God doesn't care about this prayer. Maybe God doesn't love me like he loves those that life is going good for. Which, by the way, you don't know how their life is going. We just see the outside. But what I want you to hear this morning is, even in the unanswered prayer, I want you to hear, God cares about you more than you care about you. That's hard for us to imagine. Because you know there's one person that we really, really like in this room? Yourself. Right? It's just true. Uh, We're just wired that way. But God cares about you more than you do. Look at verse 10. I'm not making this up. It's right here in the Bible. Verse 10. Daniel says, just then, he's laying on the ground, he's weak, he's, he's falling down the glory of God. Just then a hand touched me and set me trembling. I want you to tell me in verse 10, how did how did God set Daniel? On his hands and knees. Church, I think that's so incredibly powerful. Could God have stood Daniel up? Sure. But but God instead put Daniel stand, uh, on his hands and his knees. What did Daniel do three times a day? And how what position did Daniel pray in? Church I th- I think that's powerful. I think there's something, when you're weak, when you're all out of energy, when you you can't go any further, when you've got the worst news of the world and you don't know what else to do, and man, you're just falling on your face in uh, in, in front of God, and God's going there, and God picks you up, and He sets you on your knees, I think there's a statement there that we need to take to heart. Because you are stronger, you are mightier, you are more powerful on your knees than you ever are on your feet. We just want to get up and get going. But God doesn't set him up on his feet and say, go. God puts him on his knees. I mean, I think that's powerful. He literally picks him up. If I could sing the hymn, love lifted me, I would right now. You would all run out of here. I'm really jealous of preachers that can preach and sing, and I can't do either. But um, the world may tell you, stand up, dust yourself off, and be strong. But God does not say that. The Bible tells you to bow down to be strong. Hey, I don't know where you are in your life, but man, if you're out of, if you're out of strength, if you're zapped, you don't know what to do, I can give you a good idea from this text where you need to go. You need to go to your knees. You need to seek God in prayer. See, I've been praying for 90 years, God. I don't care. Get up. Get on your knees and, and seek God again. The world may tell you to be strong, strong and stand up, but I'm telling you, you get back on your knees. That's where the power is. Uh, Here's Daniel lifted by God's own hand. Watch what the angel speaks to him. I believe so many need to hear these words. Very simple. He says to me, he said to me, this verse 11, he said to me, Daniel, man of high esteem. Now, I know your Bibles, that's a weird word. We don't say that very often. I'm going to make it so simple. Some of your Bibles may communicate it this way. Every Bible is different, the translation. That word is the word kamad in the Hebrew language. It's a very simple, easy word. It simply means precious. Everybody say precious. That's what it means. It's something that is precious to someone else. It's something that is treasured. The English Standard Version says, greatly loved. I like that version. That's fine too. What the angel says there is, Daniel puts him up on his knees uh, to pray, puts him up there on his hands and knees in the glory of God and says, Daniel, the precious, you precious, precious man of God. Man, I, I just have to be honest. I have a lot of people, a lot of people that, that I, would, I love in life, They matter to me. They're important. But I would not necessarily say they're precious to me. I mean, I like Landon. But if I come and said, hey, Precious. (laughs) I mean, right? That's just weird. I mean, hey, Lance, we're going to coach some baseball tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, Precious. He may say, you ain't coaching anything with me anymore. (laughs) I mean... Just not the word we use. Now, my children are precious to me. My wife is precious to me. Some of you, you need to hear that today. That's That may be why you're here today. You are precious to God. You're precious to God. He loves you. God actually looks down on you and He says, that is my precious child and who I love. That means that God can't love you anymore and God can't love you any less because his love for you isn't based on how good you are. It's based on how good he is. He is love and he looks at you today and he says, you are my precious. I care about you. So listen, if you've been praying something for a month, a year, 20 years or 90 years, I don't care. Don't let Satan put this thought in your mind that God isn't answering because he doesn't love you. Don't let Satan put in your mind that, man, you're sick because God doesn't love you. Or this is going on in your kid's life because God doesn't love you. Because God says, you are my precious one. I love you so much. I mean, I gave my own son to purchase you from your sin. That's how much I love you. My only begotten son. There's something precious to me. It's my children. Right? And God took his precious son... And he crucified him on the cross to prove, to demonstrate that you're precious to God. There's somebody that needs to hear that today. God is not being silent in your prayer because he doesn't love you. Why? I'm going to show you why. I'm going to give you a reason. I want you to see something. But first, I want you to see God cares about you more than you even do care about yourself. Verse 11. You're precious to God. So what do you have to do? Now watch this. Verse 11. I mean, I love how God's word... First, he's on his knees, humble yourself before God, um, and, and then, he, then he talks. He said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, greatly loved, precious one, understand the words that I'm about to tell you, and stand up right, for I have now been sent to you. Now it's time to stand up. See, I love these prepositions in this verse. It just fits the series perfectly. Man, he starts on his knees, he seeks God in prayer. Then God says, it's time. Stand up. Stand up. Verse 12, it's so powerful. Verse 11, 12. He says, for now, look, look, I have been sent to you. This is the end of verse 11. And when he had spoken the word to me, I stood up trembling. So Daniel's been praying. He's been praying. He's been praying. He's been praying. He's been praying. God, why are not you answer? I don't see the answer to your prayer. I don't see anything happening in my life. Then the angel's going to explain something. I've been sent to you. Verse 12, Then he said to me, Do not be afraid, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this, and you humbled yourself before your God, your words were heard. So what was Daniel doing? Praying. And from the very first day that Daniel prayed, God said, this angel tells him, from the very first moment, word that you breathed, when you first humbled yourself and you sought God, God heard your prayer. God heard from that moment. Man, second point I want to make to you today. One, God loves you more than you do. Second thing, and I, man, I, I just this is such, so powerful. God is doing more than you understand or see. He's doing more than you understand or see in your life. He's doing way more. That's what's so cool about verse 12. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray, since the first moment you prayed for understanding, since the first time you humbled yourself, your God heard your request. Now verse 13, I've got to warn you, if you think it's been weird so far, you ain't seen nothing yet. We're about to get a little Star Wars, Star Trek weird, but that's okay. It's really cool. Verse 13, the angelic being says, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Now, is the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia a good guy or a bad guy? Okay, so what is this thing probably? Satan, a demon of some type, right? Here is this angelic, uh, some kind of fallen angelic being caught that lives around the kingdom of Persia. He blocks this angel's way. Then, I love this verse, then Michael... Now, what's Michael? An archangel of God, right? There's a few of them. There's angels, and then there's archangels. This is God's right-hand man, right? Or left-hand man, you could say, because I know he's at the right hand of the Father. Better be careful there. So here's, here's Michael, the archangel of God. He says, then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me. And I left him there with the prince of Persia, prince of the kingdom of Persia. So what are Michael and the prince of the kingdom of Persia doing right now? Right? They're having a battle. Now, I can bet who's winning because this angel gets free to come. When Michael shows up, this angel gets free to come. So it basically says, I was pinned down for how many days? Did y'all make the connection on your own there? So how long was Daniel praying and fasting? Don't stop praying, church. Just because God does answer prayer right away, don't stop praying. It doesn't mean God isn't doing anything. Right? doesn't mean that God didn't hear you. You keep praying, you keep fasting, you keep doing what God calls you to do. Daniel didn't stop for 21 days. Man, I think that's that's just powerful. There's this UFC match going on around us that we don't see, right? The angelic realm, there's just this war going on. And Michael, the archangel, comes and drops, kick the demon in the face. That's my version, right? And so the angel's free then to come to Daniel, and he gets there. Now, Man, I just love that. If you've been praying for a long time about something, for those who've been praying so long that you even wonder, is it worth it to pray for this anymore? Um, you know, you, you hear that voice in the back of your head sometimes, why do I even bother? God doesn't care. Yeah, He does. You're precious to Him. He cares. Well, God, is not doing something? Yeah. He's doing more than you'll ever think, ever imagine, ever see. He's doing something. You say, well, God would have done it a long time ago. You're praying, you're just wasting your breath. God's not listening. He's not going to do it. It must not be His will. I want you to hear what God's Word says today. First, the second you prayed, God heard your cry. Heaven opened up and received that prayer. The first time you prayed for healing for that person you love, God heard that prayer. The first time you prayed for that child that's walked away from God, God heard your prayer. The first time that you prayed, uh, God heard your prayer. Now, that doesn't mean we stop praying. God loves persistent prayer. He loves faithful and persistent prayer of His saints. But we're not continually praying, trying to get our prayers through, you know, the clouds. The first time we pray, guess what? God hears. God hears. He say, "Well, I haven't seen anything yet." You know what? You haven't seen anything yet. That doesn't mean God hasn't done anything yet. I want to wrap our minds around this. I mean, here Daniel from Daniel's perspective, did he see this battle in the heavens? Did he see or hear what God said to... Hey, go help Daniel, angel. He didn't see any of that. Verse 13, this is so cool. 21 days, the spirit prince of Persia. 21 days. Daniel fasted for 21 days. Not going to preach on that today, but that's really cool. 21 days, the spirit prince of kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Daniel's fa- Daniel fasted until Michael showed up. Now... I I'm Ephesians 6.12 says that. Don't be weirded out by that. Ephesians in the New Testament, Paul tells us that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against what? Powers and principalities of this dark world. That's Ephesians 6.12. You can look it up later. Our eyes may not see it, but our eyes don't see all that there is. Don't ever believe that this physical realm is all there is, right? It's not what the Bible teaches. Now, we're not going to focus so much on that that we, you know, ignore But I just want you to see there are angels, there are demons, there's warfare going on all around us. That's what this text shows us. And just because Daniel didn't see anything, it didn't mean that God wasn't doing anything. And man, I, I, that, that just right there, when I think about my own prayer life, and I feel like, oh, I've been praying for that for a long time. Is God going to do anything? The answer may be very simply, God already has done something. God already is moving. God already has performed a miracle. God already has sent that angel on his way. The very first time he cried out to God, the angel was sent. 21 days earlier, when Daniel saw nothing, there was a battle raging in heaven because heaven heard his prayer. And years ago, when our first child was born, we had a a big bill in the mail and I mean a big bill for us, Uh, it was around $6,000. We were basically living paycheck to paycheck. We usually dealt with hundreds of dollars in our bank account and never thousands of dollars in our bank account, and Kat couldn't work yet. Uh, She just had the baby, and so she had two or three weeks that she couldn't work. And um, I've I've never seen, you know, this bill came so fast. You know, it never works that way. You go to the hospital and six months later you might get a bill, right? Well, we get out of the hospital, we get home, and we've been home like three days with Samuel. Um, taking care of this little baby, and we get this $6,000 bill in the mail, and it said to be paid uh, upon receipt. And I'm going, woo, we don't have $6,000. And I'm a panicker. And uh, man, Catherine was taking care of Samuel and exhausted, and I'm sitting there looking at this bill all day, every day. And, uh, you know, Catherine's saying, hey, we just need to pray, and that just makes me mad. <laughs> I don't have the faith that she has. Uh, you know, so my wife, she's always more faithful. She's like, we got to pray. And we prayed and we prayed and she felt pretty good. And she said, Daniel, God's going to take care of this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I got to get a second job. Anyone need your lawn mowed? Uh, how are we going to do this? And she's praying and I'm looking at help wanted ads. And three days passed and I'm really stressed and I'm afraid. And one afternoon I came into my office. And I sat down. And I put my head on my desk, uh, office at the house. And I said, you know, God, you called me here. You blessed us with this job. You blessed us with this baby. And I've got this bill here. And we're praying, and we're still praying, and we're not seeing an answer. And I was kind of upset about how, how are we going to pay this bill. There's no extra money, and, and there's this stack of mail on my desk, and I'm even madder about it because I know in that bill, I'm afraid to open any mail after I open that one. So I just, I'm just not. Just getting in the mailbox, sitting on my desk, pretending it's not there. That's what I'm doing. And my wife even said that one day. She said, well, you got all sorts of mail. What other bills do we have? I said, I ain't even open that. Just sworn off all mail. I haven't opened any mail since. I was scared and, and uh, man, I, praying, praying, praying. I was really kind of getting angry at God because God we've been praying and his bills due and it looks bad on my credit and uh, I'm, I want to be a man that pays my bill. And I never received more than maybe a $100 gift in my life. And finally I sat down at that desk one day and I was opening that mail that had been on my desk for probably three or four days. And there was this envelope that was a little strange from a family member, and I opened it up, and it was a check for $6,000. We told nobody about our our debt. We told nobody about what it costs to have a baby. We told nobody about, you know, our panic. This had just been three days, but this was the cool thing. When I looked at that check, we started praying three days ago, and that check was postmarked three days ago because God sent the answer to that prayer when we started praying. My wife's crying right now in the front row. We watched it happen. Now, for three days, I panicked, and I was angry, and I was bitter, and I said things to God that I shouldn't have said. But I didn't understand that the second I prayed, he heard my prayer. And that was in the mail for three days. Now, I, you know, I know that doesn't always happen. doesn't happen always in our lives. But it happened that day. Just because I didn't see anything didn't mean God wasn't doing anything. Just because you don't see anything doesn't mean that God isn't doing something. I don't know what you're praying for in your life. Maybe you're praying in the life of your kids, or maybe you're praying for your marriage. Maybe you're praying for uh, you know a sickness, or maybe maybe you just have someone that you're praying comes to faith in Jesus Christ. And I just want you to know that just because you don't see it, doesn't mean nothing's happening. Doesn't mean God isn't working. Doesn't mean that that God isn't doing anything. Because remember, He cares for you. You're precious to Him. He loves you more than you do. And. And secondly, He heard you the second you prayed, and He's doing so much more than you'll ever understand. Number three, we're going to wrap this up. Very simple statement. When you're weak in prayer, man, when you're humble, when you're broken, when you're on your face before God because that's all you have, When you're really pushed to your limit where you say, I I don't have anything else to stand on. I don't have anything else to lean on. All I can do is just follow my face. And God says, no, 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 don't follow your face yet. Get back on your knees and keep praying. And you say, "I, I, I just don't have any strength left in me. Guess what? When you're weak, God is strong. Very simple statement. Very simple straight statement. And sometimes we, we want the strength to come before the weakness comes. But I'm going to tell you, so often in the New Testament, God taught us this. Paul actually said that. In your weakness, strength is made perfect. Look at what Daniel says, verse 17. This is what Daniel says to this angelic being. He says, how can someone like me, your servant, talk to you, my Lord? How can just a servant talk to a man? How, what am I supposed to do? Then he goes on to say, My strength is gone. Verse 17. I can hardly breathe. Man, I, I felt that way before. How can, how can just a servant of my Lord talk with you? As for me, I, I have no strength left. That's what, look at verse 17. As for me, there remains just now no strength in me. Nor has any breath been left in me. I'm, I'm done. Man, have you ever been a moment in your spiritual life and your physical life where you just you just look to God and say, God, I, I can't take any more? I've been praying, I've been believing, and man, this this just keeps happening. And right now I've got so many situations in my life, and they're just they're spinning out of control, and God, I I don't have any strength left. I can barely breathe. I've been fighting financially. I've been fighting for my kids. I've been hanging on to my marriage. Then all these areas of my life, my relationships, my church, my faith, I've been serving God at church, but God, my strength is gone. And I can barely breathe. Listen to verse 18. Then this angelic being, the one that looked like a man, this angel, what did he do in verse 18? Touch me again. He touched me again. And Daniel said, And I felt my strength returning. Man, Don't miss the power of that. Some of you, that's what you need right here. You just need another touch of God. You just need God to reach down and say, Hey, it's okay. I'm here for you, and I'm going to continue to be here for you, and I want to pick you up and put you back on your knees. And one day, I'm going to stand you up on your feet, and the answer is going to come. And it may be not what you look like, what what you thought, and it may be not what you were looking for. But in my sovereignty, in my perfect plan, I, I sent the answer. And God would reach down and just say, "You know what? Hold on to me. Just one more touch, one touch, and you're believing God for the thing that you stopped believing God for years ago." One touch and it's enough to keep you going. One touch and you feel that strength returning. One touch from the presence of Christ, from His Word, as, as maybe you're, you're just sitting in your pew this morning and everything changes. Just one touch. I have no strength, Daniel said. One touch and I felt my strength returning. Because listen, your situation, that gigantic, big, difficult situation, it is way bigger than You. But it is not bigger than God. It's not. And God will reach down and say, Hey, I'm just going to touch you. I have you right here where I have you for my purpose. And I have you right here in this challenging situation because that's the only way that you would get down on your knees. Because if I made you strong today, you would go about your life. So I'm going to make you weak. So you go to your knees. And when you're on your knees, you're going to find my power. You're going to find my strength. I have you right where I want you. And as you're on your knees, others are going to look at you and they're going to say, do you see what's going on in that person's life? How in the world are they still standing for God? And they're going to say, it's a miracle. It's gotta be God's presence in their life. It's gotta be God's touch in their life and your life, even though you say, Oh, I'm just weak and I can't hardly breathe. Other people will look and they'll say, Look at that faithful person standing in the power of God, and they'll give God glory for your life. God will take your weakness, man, and they'll use it as a witness even to others. The angel says to him, Look at verse 19. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Daniel. If you didn't hear what I said last time, I'm going to tell you again is what he says. And then he uses that word kamad one more time. Do you see it in your Bibles? For you are very precious to God. For you are esteemed. Your Bibles may say it that way. For you are loved. But if you look over in your little margin, you'll follow that little number. You'll see what that word "esteem" means. For you are precious to God. You're my loved one. You're precious to me. You matter. So you can keep standing in faith because the first time you prayed, God heard your prayer and He actually released angelic forces to do work in the heavenly realms. You're precious to God. Let me be just real honest with you. God may do exactly what you ask Him to do. He may do exactly what you're praying for. And He may not. But just because you don't see anything doesn't mean that He's not doing something. And listen, there are going to be people that are going to look on at you and they're going to wonder, how in the world are you still standing? How are you standing so faithfully? How come you haven't given up? And how and why are you so faithful to God when nothing goes your way? And you're going to say, listen, because you don't understand what I understand. God loves me. He cares for me more than I even care for me. And God's doing something in my life that even though I don't see it, it doesn't mean He's not doing anything. It doesn't mean He's not working. And just because you don't see it, it doesn't mean He's not working. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to keep on my knees and I'm going to keep praying. Because when I'm weakest, His strength shows through my life. Because I know from the very first time that I prayed, heaven heard my prayer. And I trust in a God that's good. So what I'm going to continue to do is very simply I'm going to continue to stand by kneeling because we just don't because we don't see anything doesn't mean God isn't doing something. I don't know where you are today and we're going to we're going to close with this. Maybe you've been praying for a long time and you haven't seen an answer. God's word for you is really really simple. You just keep kneeling in his presence. You just keep believing. And you keep reminding yourself that you're precious to God. You're precious to Him. And He's doing more than you'll ever believe, more than you'll ever see with your natural eyes. He's doing more than you'll even understand. And if your need, if your desperate situation pushes you to your knees, you just remember, when you're weak, God is strong. I know that the first time I prayed, Daniel said, Heaven heard my prayer. He trusted in God who is good. And God lifted him to his feet. Even in his weakness, God gave him strength. There may be someone here today that you've given up on faith. Maybe you're a Christian. You've given up on believing for something. And, man, my prayer is that God would just touch you again and say, Hey, keep believing. I'm doing something. You just don't see it. Maybe you're here today and you're not a believer. And as you've listened to this message today, man, you... You've looked in your life and you said, I just don't see God doing anything in my life. I want to tell you, just because you don't see it, doesn't mean He's not present. Doesn't mean He's not working. And I would just tell you that your presence here today is evidence that God is working in your life. He's brought you here. To hear His Word today. To hear that you matter to Him. To hear that you're precious to Him. To hear that He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die on a cross to save you. If you're not a Christian today, then our best response, our only response, when we find out how much we mean to God and what He's done for us, is just somebody say, you know what? You've given your life. You've given your, your Son for me, so I want to live my life for you. I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ and I want to follow you the rest of my life. If you're a person here today and you've never made that decision, I'm going to be out front. I want you to have an opportunity to do that today. Just just come out and say, hey, Daniel, I, I want to put my faith in Jesus today. I realize how much he loves me, and even though I, I can't see him all the time, I, I really believe he's doing something in my life. I'd love to, to lead you to the Lord today. Maybe you're here today, and, and man, you've been coming to this church for a long time, and maybe you've never joined this church. Maybe you need to say, you know what, I'm, I'm standing up. I see God working all around me and I'm just going to stand out in faith today and I'm going to say, I'm going to be part of this fellowship. I'm going to plug into the ministry here. I'm going to plug in and serve God here with these people in this fellowship. If that's you today, be obedient to God. Step out. I'd love to have you. Not to get your picture in a book, which you will, by the way. I didn't say it'd be a good picture. We can't help you with that. But I can tell you, You'll be part of a family that loves you, whether you're in a book or not. You're here today and you're not on some roll. We really don't care. We love you anyway. But maybe you just need to make that declaration and say, no, I want to be part of this family. I want to plug in, and I want to be active, and I want to serve here. If that's you today, you follow the Lord's leading. You'll be obedient. We're going to stand. Rocky and Martha are going to come and lead us. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word today. Thank you, Lord, that you love us beyond what we can even understand, think, or imagine. Father, you didn't just love us in word. You proved your love for us by dying for us on the cross. And Father, as we seek you in prayer, Father, I I thank you for the challenges in life. I thank you for the difficulties in life. Even for sickness and disease. and, And Father, all those things that are so bad in our world, Father, I thank you that we don't live in a kind of world that we don't need you. That we don't seek you. That we don't pray to you. But Father, for that brokenness that you send in our lives, Father, I thank you for it because it pushes us to our knees pushes us closer to You. And I thank You, God, that You're preparing a world without all of that suffering, without all that sickness, without all that disease, without coronavirus and tragedy and earthquake and and four-wheeler accidents, Father. Lord, the world we're going to is perfect, but Father, here and now, Father, we live in a broken world. And Father, we need You desperately. So, Father, may that brokenness push us closer to you. Father, may that brokenness, Father, push us to our knees. Lord, I pray that you give those here today that maybe have given up, Father, faith to return to their knees. Lord, that you just touch them and you'd lift them up and you'd put them on their knees once again. Father, because we believe that you hear our prayers. We believe you love us. Father, we believe that you're doing more than we can even see. Father, we just pray that in our weakness, Father, we would find your strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand, church. If you have a decision,